Hello, my friends. My name is Madge. This is the MadgeCast. Um, this is the podcast where we learn how to live our lives while also going, what? Every moment of every day. This week, we've got a couple things to talk about, including uh, a chat with my internet pal, MJ, who is seriously considering running for office as a Democratic woman. Um, first, though, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this week. It was, for me, a pretty rough week, maybe the roughest one since the election. Everything just seems to be getting weirder and darker with every passing day. And um, I read an article this week uh, by Alex Steffen, who is a writer who uh, was a co-founder of World Changing. Um, I've been following him for a long time. He's a very interesting guy. Um, He's a futurist and what folks used to call anyway a bright green environmentalist, the type of environmentalist who believes that development... um, and globalization can potentially be used for good to help us get through climate change and also help us build an even better and kind of more just future. So and that's a viewpoint, clearly, that's always really resonated with me. So I've been following Alex Steffen for a long time. And um, the article that he put out this week is called Trump, Putin, and the Pipelines to Nowhere. It's on Medium. I'll put the link in my show notes. But basically, in this article, he puts together all the pieces of what Trump and Putin and all their billionaire friends are trying to do, which appears to be just to make as much money as they possibly can off of the oil-based economy before the wheels come off of it entirely. Um, also meaning, you know, before the wheels come off the environment entirely (laughs) and, um, and, you know, it's, it's a real scary thing because at this point, um, you know, human survival to a large extent depends on us getting into preparation mode for climate change on the biggest scale we possibly can as soon as we possibly can. And of course, um, you know, folks pumping up the oil-based part of the economy, um, even when, you know, financially uh, sustainable ways of producing energy is starting to become more affordable than oil and less risky. So, um, yeah, it's it's scary stuff. Uh, it's pretty intense, and I can't say it's uplifting, but you should read it. Uh, to me, it makes a lot of sense, and I have to admit it's also in a strange way, kind of comforting just to have some sort of idea of what's going on, you know, like what the motivations of the various actors could be instead of it just seeming like a random stream of awful events, each one worse than the one that came before it. Um, I don't know, the randomness somehow makes it worse for me. So to have, you know, just a narrative that explains it is kind of a little bit helpful. And um, to really see how these folks are using racism and xenophobia, misogyny and all that stuff, just as smokescreens for this massive planetary fuck you con job, this huge misdirection, it's staggering. Um, And 
Yeah. Read the article. It's, it's good stuff to, to get your mind around. And um, I don't know if anyone was paying attention to this, but on Friday there was some Twitter patient about um, Obama and he was having a press conference and people thought that he might pull a rabbit out of his hat somehow, like a treason charge or I don't know, a picture of Donald Trump with a dick in his mouth, something, I don't know. But um, whatever it was we were hoping for, it didn't happen. Um, Obama was Obama, very straight and restrained. And, you know, it was like when your dad is disappointed in you and, um, I get it. I'm disappointed in us too. I just wish that our democratic leaders would get into it a little bit more on recounts and releasing the intelligence about Russia and all the other stuff that anyone can think of doing, like do all of it fight on every possible front. Um, Instead, we insist on this weird going high thing that kind of leaves us crippled in the face of what the opposition is willing to do. Um, Should we go high in our rhetoric? Yes. Should we go high in our inclusion and in what we intend to do? Sure. But um, we need lawyers. (laughs) We need good and dirty lawyers. We need them in the courtrooms getting injunctions and testing out wild theories. We need uh, a democratic response in proportion to uh, the level of misdeeds by the Republicans, which is huge. And yet uh, we have crickets mostly from the Democrats. And I'm like, what are they waiting for? And then I think, oh, my God, what do they know that we don't know? And it all starts to drive me a little crazy because there's no way of knowing. Um, And, you know, I haven't let the news drive me that crazy for a while, (laughs) but, um, it wasn't pleasant. Um, eventually I disconnected from it and I painted and, um, you know, did Christmassy stuff around the house and watched singles and, you know, nineties movies. And that made me feel a little bit sad for when, you know, things were so simple. You just put on your flannel and life was okay. Um, and I guess that gives me something in common with Trump voters, except, my idea of a simple time was like a year and a half ago, not like, you know, 50 years ago. Anyhow, this morning, um, I was set to talk to a couple of my girlfriends uh, as we've been doing that most Sundays since the election. And honestly, before we talked, I felt really sad and um, I was pretty sure I was going to get all choked up and start crying on them. But um, I didn't. And I ended up being really glad that we talked because it made me feel a lot better. Like both of them are doing really great. Both of them are using the levers of power that are already in their hands to try to increase justice. And that's amazing to me. Um, One of my friends is writing and doing readings and raising money for the ACLU and my other friend who works in media is, um, is trying every day to um, create campaigns that don't perpetuate racist stereotypes and that include lots of different kinds of people. So um, I don't know. It was good to let my friends hold me up a little bit this morning. 
And um, I was really inspired by how they're both thinking hard about what they can do and also about how they can do more. Um, And that is, of course, what I've also been doing, anything I can think of, and also trying to learn about how I can have more impact. Um, One thing that I've been doing a lot of is calling my senators and my representative, and um, I've done that a couple of times with other people from activist groups in town, and I've been reading up on good tips for how to engage with them. So um, I'm thinking a lot about that. Basically, the idea is that these uh, the people who wrote the, these instructions are political staffers who watch the Tea Party engage with the Republican Party and get people elected and basically take over the party and um, just breaking down the tactics that they use to influence um, their elected officials and also to get more people into office. So um, I will put that in the show notes so you can check it out. But um, there's a lot of great information in there on how to make effective phone calls and how to build relationships between the groups that you're a part of and your members of Congress over time. Um, So it's a really good thing to be aware of. I've also been reading a lot about voting rights and gerrymandering because the more I read, it just seems like, um, you know, regardless of the Russians, these were the primary tools that the right has used to get control of the government. Um, I'm not allowing people to vote when they rightfully should be able to and drawing districts so that Democrats are all herded together uh, in small areas and, um, you know, the Republican influence has spread out. So I'll link to some pieces about that in the show notes as well. Um, So it's great for me to learn all about that. Um, And it's also doesn't still feel like enough. So I was talking with um, one of my Internet pals about all of this. And uh, she worked very hard for Hillary in the campaign and, um, you know, really started to get into the idea of activism and being part of the political process to the point where now she is um, seriously contemplating running for office. She is getting involved with a group called Ready to Run that trains women on the skills they need to run for office. And um, she's encouraging she wants to encourage other women to run for office too. So I invited her over to the podcast to talk with me about it. So um, MJ, what you had brought up, which I thought was really interesting, was this idea of um, getting more women to run for office, possibly including you, possibly including me, possibly other people that we think are better than us. Um, (laughs) just, I guess, share a few of your ideas of why it's important for women to run for office. If you don't mind. I do mind, but I will make an exception because I like (laughs) you so much. Wow. (laughs) Can I count on your vote? (laughs) You got it. (laughs) All right. And so before I begin, I just need to clarify that I invited myself onto this podcast. That's true. <laughs> you, you keep saying you invited me, which would be amazing, but really no one is inviting me onto anything. I am just seeing things I want to do and telling them 
then I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, it's a mark of how skilled you are that you made me think it's my own idea. So congratulations Ooh, for that. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, but thank you for having me on. I am delighted to be here. Yay. So <laughs> why I think it is important for more women to run for office and hold elected office, I think there's a big problem with just representation at all levels of government. And the representation has a negative impact in two ways. One is just that different perspectives aren't really being involved in the process of coming up with solutions. So you can see panels on women's health and reproductive rights and other women's issues that are chaired only by men. And there are no women involved. And so you're not getting the people who are most affected helping come up with the solutions. Excellent point. Been, well made. Thank you. I have <laughs> more references if anyone would like me to email them. Send me some links. I'll put some links in the show notes. But you're right. Okay. I mean, like so often they're talking about Planned Parenthood and it's a freaking sausage party. And you're like, guys, that's not what yeah. we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're and talking tacos, party yeah. <laughs> where you're actually just eating various meats that have been cured and rolled up into. Yeah, that sounds delightful, but no, that's not what this is. Lining. Mm, delicious. Mm. So, what was your other? What was your other reason? One was just the representational aspect of it. Right. So it affects the the ideas that are actually being generated, and it also affects just the, the image of women in the country. So, you know, women tend to be less aggressive about speaking up and having their voices heard and sort of demanding what they need. And there can be this default subconscious assumption, even among women, that men are the bosses and women are the subordinates. You know, you hear about a doctor doing something and you can assume without realizing it or wanting to assume that the man is the doctor and the woman's the nurse. You know, the men are the presidents, the women are the interns. Mm -hmm. And this can discourage a lot of women from going out and doing things just in their daily lives, can discourage younger women from going into any sort of male-dominated field, engineering, firefighting, I don't know, modeling, boxers, like what, whatever, <laughs> whatever fields men have a hold on. Um, yeah. And I think it's a good point yeah. that you're making because what we're, no one is, I mean, maybe some people are, you and I are not saying that, oh, women should be in charge because women would be better at being in charge. Women are nicer. They're not so warlike. They think more about other people. No, that's not the reason why we right. need women in leadership because although some, it's true, we are better. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that we're conditioned to care about some things that men don't care about. They're not conditioned to care about. And I think mm -hmm. that we have some experiences that uh, can cause us to think different ways about things. It's not like a gender essentialist. Men are like this, women are like that. It's just the way right. that we're raised, the experiences we have, they shape us in different ways. And so it's important to have all of those different perspectives at the table, especially when we're coming up with policies that are directly impacting the people with those different experiences. It's a little, it's a little important. 
So, right. um, and this applies more to more than just, you know, having both men and women, um, making decisions It can apply to, you know, having people from different educational backgrounds, economic backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, you know, diversity in the actual decision-making process can lead to more creative solutions in the end. But even to have like just different people with different perspectives setting the agenda makes a huge difference, right? Because right now the default is that whoever is in charge is setting the agenda and that's mostly gross old white dudes. Um, okay, well, I I would use uh, less inflammatory language. <laughs> That's because you're going to be a politician someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so speaking yeah. of which, okay, so clearly you're interested in running for office because you're smart and you think you have some interesting perspectives and some good ideas. I I have cared about politics since I was a kid, and I got very jaded and cynical as I got older and turned my back on it, sort of thought that nothing would ever change and it didn't matter. And it was this recent election that got me to care a lot more and feel that if change was going to happen, I needed to do what I could to be part of it. And I see politicians on all sides focusing on the wrong things and being ineffective in their leadership. I started writing up the other day just for fun um, a strategy brief for for the Democratic Party nice. in how to win battleground states without changing the message. Because I feel like Democrats have let this accusation of not having a message that resonates with people um, be applied to them. When I don't think that's true. I don't think that's the core issue. And I want to be able to change what they focus on and be able to win and provide a bulwark to the other party. Nice. Nice. I mean, I, um, I feel similarly to you. I'm, I don't know that I'm as far down the path of contemplating actually running for office as you are. Um, but I do feel like I have a perspective that is not being echoed by my elected officials. And that perspective (laughs) is what the fuck is going on? Like, let's (laughs) do something. Let's get our shit together. We need to stand up this stuff. And it seems like we're just rolling over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I was talking about how this is, uh, this is a very tippy time, right? Like this is a potent time that Mm -hmm. things could go in a variety of directions, depending on who pushes, which levers, when. So whoever cares about this stuff, now is the time to act, right? Yeah. And I know people who have the idea that they can't make a difference. One person is going to make a difference. And my experience volunteering with the Clinton campaign really made me aware that one person isn't going to change the election. You know, I'm knocking on doors in Philly. I'm calling voters in Florida every person that I speak to, that one person isn't going to be the difference. But we come back at the end of the day and they tell us we knocked on 30,000 doors. And that makes such an impression. Yeah. Each one person isn't the change agent. It's the collection of everybody working together. So you need to be one of the people all working together. And you can get other people to get involved. So it becomes this exponential effect that you can have. 
you know, the people who helped me get involved in campaigning, they have some of the responsibility for all the other people that I got involved in campaigning and all of the votes that I changed. So I think it's really important now to not lose momentum and not lose hope. Yeah, that's a really good point, MJ, because I think um, we sort of have like a winner-take-all thing in America, right? It's like we have one Beyonce and then a million people who never sell one record ever. And and that's just sort of how our culture is wired. But like, that's not really how politics works. We're not going to have a Beyonce of saving the world. Like the closest we might get is someone might, you know, emerge from what's happening now with a voice that's expressing some important things, but the thing that's going to make that person's voice important is all the other voices standing with them. It's never just one guy fixing everything or one lady stepping in and setting things to rights. Okay. So, um, MJ, have you gotten as far as thinking about what you might want to run for? I have not. Aside from that, my pipe dream is just to get really rich and famous in some other venue and then run for president in eight years when I am eligible and win. Mm. Well, that seems like, you know, why not? It seems reasonable. Right. Yeah. Right. It seems like it works. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm looking at local positions, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to need to get involved with the, you know, the democratic party, in my borough and just start talking to people and getting their opinions. I've reached out to a couple people already and I'm just going to see sort of where I'm needed, where I can help. It Mm -hmm. may be that I start out as a volunteer for a while or do some other sort of job on the side while I'm still working full time. And then as I get more connections, I can have people guide me to the right place. Yeah, that sounds smart. Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm I'm not closing my mind to it, but um, I'm I don't have any well formed thoughts about how or why or when or anything like that. I'm just sort of like you. I'm getting hooked into the activists who are already doing stuff in my community, and when and if I yeah. see an opportunity that I think I could do a good job and make a contribution, maybe I'll jump at it. Um, right. Yeah. But, you know, we can always run for office. We can always influence the people who are running or the people who are already in office. There's a lot of different ways to sort of flex our muscle in democracy. So, And you will have resources on your show notes. I will have a lot of resources on my show notes. And um, MJ, I hope that as you like figure a little bit more out about this and, you know, make some some more uh, concrete plans that, you know, your thinking evolves, maybe we can chat again in the coming months and see what's on your mind. I would love to. Sweet. All right. So thank you, MJ, for coming to chat with me. And um, thank you, person who's listening, for listening. Um, If you want to talk to me, if you have some ideas or some questions or whatever, you can get in touch with me on my blog at BeLessCrazy.com or you can email me um, at BeLessCrazy at gmail.com 
and um, check out the show notes for links and resources, stuff like that. Have a good week. Have a good holiday. Stay strong.